Happy Friday, you wonderful lot. I hope you are keeping well and enjoying this new series of The Independent Spouse. This entire series has been sponsored by the Royal British Legion, who are gearing up for their busiest time of year. The Royal British Legion have been the national champions of remembrance for 100 years, but they are about more than just puppies. They're here 365 days a year to support us and our families. Whether it's helping to ease the transition for your family into civilian life with finance and employment advice from their teams of experts or helping your business get off the ground, they've got your back. Just visit their website rbl.org.uk for more information. Thank you to the RBL for sponsoring this series. It means that I can keep bringing you the inspirational stories from our epic military community. And my guest today is no exception. Eleanor founded Another Door to support others who wanted to reframe redundancy as an opportunity. Her book, Why Losing Your Job Could Be the Best Thing That Ever Happened to You, was published in November 2020 and is perfect for anyone looking at a change in their lives. And I think it's pretty appropriate for any of us who've had to adapt due to Armed Forces life. Enjoy this shiny new episode of The Independent Spouse. Hello, Eleanor. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. Thank you for having me, Jess. Well, it's going to be fab. But before we kick off into the main interview, could you do a little introduction as to who you are and what you do? Oh, this is the hard bit, isn't it? How you introduce yourself. I'm an author, I guess, today. So I'm the author of a book that came out a couple of months ago called Why Losing Your Job Could Be the Best Thing That Ever Happened to You. Nice, catchy title there. It was something I wrote when I lost my corporate job about five years ago. I was working for Vodafone at the time, but I'd had a 23-year career in corporate doing all sorts of stuff, working for all sorts of amazing brands. Got made redundant and thought, right, okay, this is a moment to change. This is a moment to do something completely different. Had no idea where to start, completely lost. But as these things do, they sort of aligned with my husband was just about to move on to a different location from where we were. And I thought, right, now it's time to be self-employed and take my business with me rather than me trying to fit around the business every time we move. So that's kind of where I'm at today. I'm a coach for people who want to create something new, start a business, do a side hustle, write a book. I'm also a communications consultant. So that was one of the things that I started after my redundancy, I worked with big organizations to help them change and worked on transformation programs with Channel 4, Trinity Mirror, people like that. So it's been highs and lows, everything we all know when we're trying to start out alongside, obviously, as we all know, moving house every year <laughs> and the joys of that. So that's me. <laughs> Oh, the joys of posting. Yes, we all know that well. So your business is another door and it supports people between work who might need to take a breath, need to stop, need to reassess what they're doing. I think you primarily attract people who've been made redundant. But why is it so important that you spend time thinking about in between jobs? Why does that make a difference? Yeah, that pause. So I think I learned that the hard way that you lose a job or you know like we all explore and experience every time we move we're almost resetting and going again if we don't take that time just to kind of reflect take a breath think right where am I at right now we just plow on which is a you know great saying that people kind of talk about a lot around where I'm at the moment up north 
plow on, it's all fine, keep going. But unless you take that pause to think about what am I really wanting from this? What are the opportunities out there? What else could I be doing? We're probably not doing ourselves justice. So one of the things that I realised that when I lost my job was I probably hadn't really thought about why I was doing what I was doing, what I was getting from it. Was I still thriving? Was I still growing? I hadn't thought of any of those things. I just got up, went to work, did my work, came home. And I was in quite senior roles. It wasn't, you know, it was that kind of environment where you got a lot of learning and development, but I didn't add in that reflection time. So that is definitely one of the messages that pause in between one door closing and the next one opening could be the big difference of a big shift for your life. Because I guess in the military community, well, for me, it was that very first posting where I had this most amazing career in publishing. And then we tried to do the commuting thing. Turns out it was a little bit fiddly. So I was the one who chose. We say chose loosely because that just has to work around life. And sometimes, I mean, is it a choice? I'm still not sure. And I loved that career to like my bones. I love that. And I miss it. And even though I've had my own business for eight years, I still miss it. And I mourn that career. And my poor husband does sometimes, you know, get it in the neck because he's doing so well and his career is going really well. And I'm, I'm almost jealous of him because I had that at one time. And yes, this is great. And I love Milspo and I love the podcast, but oh, I do miss my job. So if you are a military spouse who's kind of mourning your career. How do you get over losing a job that you loved? Yeah, such a good one. I'm with you there as well. I left Virgin Atlantic, flying around the world in first class, working for Richard Branson to join a military community. (laughs) Not annoyed about that at all. No, I'm with you there. You know, we can mourn it. I think that's the first step. That's what I'd say. I think sometimes we're very apologetic in that space. Like, you know, you just said, I've chosen it. So, well, you know, I knew what I was getting myself into that beautiful saying that gets gifted to us every now and again. You knew what you were signing up to. I think actually, no, we didn't. Nobody knows what they're signing up to. Yes, it's a choice to a degree, but actually it's still okay to have those feelings. You know, it's okay to kind of look back at our lives and go, oh my God, that was amazing but also to do it in a way of celebration that you can then take forward. And I think that's the key bit. So when we've got a door closing, we often just close the door and we don't look behind it again. We just plow on, we just try and focus on the next door, you know, shut out all those feelings. But if you can kind of embrace them feelings, it's fine to look back at that door. It's fine to go, God, you know what? I was absolutely nailing it there. I was loving it there. And start actually remembering yourself in that space. You can bring all that into where you're at now. Okay, how can I bring that into what I'm doing now? Is there elements now that I can still do and enjoy in my next future step? So I think that's the first step for me. It's like not pushing it down and not pretending that emotion isn't there because it is. But it's trying to celebrate it and go, right, okay, well, I'm still me. I'm still that person that had all of that joy. So, yeah. Because that's the thing, for me, my career and being a designer was me. It was such a big, important part. And then I became the girlfriend of somebody in the RAF, and that was it. And I had my own business, and it was great. But I lost the one thing that really made it for me. So I think my question is, that's all very well and good that we go, yes, okay, let's embrace the past. 
But actually, sometimes it's just too difficult to get over it. And I must have spent two or three years just feeling a little bit grumpy about the fact that I was no longer in that career. So the first step is embracing the emotion. But what if you can't even get to that first step? Yeah, well, I think there's different levels. I think then there's different things that kind of are motivating people. One, who would have known what would have happened anyway? Because we all evolve. You probably wouldn't have been still in that job anyway. That's just life. And one of the things we have to kind of keep checking in with ourselves, going back to that first point about creating space just to reflect, is where am I at now? And that being present. So you kind of go back. Then you bring yourself into the present. Look what I've got around me. Look at all the amazing stuff that I'm doing. Look at all the opportunities that are coming my way. If you're not feeling like that's where you're at, what are you doing to create them? Because I see a lot of people sitting in the space of wallowing, which is fine for a little bit. But if you sit in the space of wallow where, oh, God, this is all hard work. This is a nightmare. This is my life. This is so unfair. If you spend too much time in that space, that is going to become your space so it's trying to take that one step out one step out and say okay not feeling great but how do I just start changing the narrative of what I'm telling myself how can I start flipping it to say do you know what I'm doing all right actually I've got an amazing husband partner life I've got all of this stuff around me I've got all this opportunity that person that I was ages ago I'm still that person what can I do with it now let's refire myself up but I see people just quite happy to be stuck in the mud and they will not do anything and take any action to even help themselves get from it. You know, you've got to take ownership. You've got opportunity. There's somebody sitting next to you who probably has the same or everything around them the same as you and they've taken a different direction. So there's always choices. There's always opportunities. But you do have to put yourself out there. You have to change that narrative. And every time you hear yourself going, oh, this is hard. This is so unfair. Catch it. Doesn't mean you have to push it away and be positive pants all the time. I describe it as catching it and holding it and just saying, all right, I've heard you, but you're not taking over me today. Just sitting there. And then the next day, press reset and go, right, okay, let's own this. I'm not going to be this wallowing person. What can I do today? Get out there and do something. So I think there's elements of it's fine to wallow, but own it and capture it and change the narrative. I love that because that's the thing, isn't it? You're stuck in a magnolia maricota like me and it's a rainy day and you're like, oh no. And it's hard to feel inspired and it's hard to find people that are like-minded. And actually the secret is to maybe write them down. I think writing down the things that we're grateful for and the positives and the fact that we rock because we have these amazing careers. We've got to this point where we need to open a new door. And maybe that's even more exciting because, you know, if I'm sat here talking to you, which I would never be doing if I was still working and publishing, I'd probably be frazzled. <laughs> well, I'd definitely be have more money and be a little bit thinner, but life would be different. So you don't know that, though. That's the other thing. We give ourselves a story of what we think would have happened or where we think we would have been. And we actually don't know any of that. It could have been that you just became this huge like person in the publishing industry who got very greedy and horrible and you became this horrible person that, you know, was amazingly successful and rich, but horrible person. You know, who knows what could have happened to any of us in the future? The point is, that was then. It was amazing. This is where I'm at now. What am I going to do in the future? We all own our futures. We're very privileged in the UK. We can own a lot more than we actually believe. 
if we're getting up every day just moaning about everything enjoying the group sort of this is difficult this is hard that we might be in and of course that's going to be our life but you can choose to step out it's hard work it's not easy you know you're very transparent with saying like god this isn't easy but look what you're doing and look what you're achieving and you have actually done some amazing stuff you know I think I saw a picture of you at parliament hanging out there at one point and you know all sorts of stuff so I think we can spend too much time in the past and it's actually getting in the way of an amazing future so yeah it's having a little word with ourselves every now and again about okay what am I doing about this what am I doing about it And celebrating when it goes well, because it's so easy to focus on the negatives. And yeah, going to Parliament, that rocked. I need to write this stuff yeah. down. I need to remember this. <laughs> because it keeps you inspired on those rainy days. Really important, especially in business. So I guess that turns to the natural question about your business. What is your favourite part? <laughs> My favourite part of the business is a little bit like you. First of all, I guess it's the fact that I can sort of take it around with me. Although that is hard, I'm not going to say any of this is easy. Every single time we've moved, I felt like I've gone back to square one and had to start all over again. And the energy goes and you feel deflated again because, you know, you just put up this local network. Because one of the first things I did five, six years ago was just networked with local businesses. And that's the bit I liked. Meeting new people, finding out what they do, finding out their story kind of gathering a community away from you know I didn't really we weren't really on an army patch at one point in Bristol for example in a civvy land and so I just created a local network of people and meeting them that's the bit that you kind of buzz from and you can't help but get the energy from them and think oh my god you know I can kind of do stuff as well and that's the bit I love the bit that gets hard is when you have to say goodbye you know you're constantly saying goodbye so I have to say goodbye to that community but These days online, you can take people with you. I'm still in touch with my business coach that I met all those years ago, even though we live nowhere near. We've moved three times now since then. You can still take it with you, but I would never just kind of flippantly say, oh, it's all easy once you've got it sorted. You are resetting each time. But again, the bit that I enjoy is, okay, let's go exploring. What can I find out now? So when we moved to Thorny Island near Portsmouth, I just went exploring again. I thought, right, what worked last time? Right, find the business network, get in touch with people, just reach out to people. Most of the time you get ignored, let's be honest. But sometimes you'll get that one person that says, yeah, let's randomly meet for a coffee. And suddenly you're in the network. You know, I managed to get myself on the Portsmouth Business Network, met loads of people that were kind of starting these amazing businesses in Portsmouth. And I was having a great time, really enjoyed it. And then obviously we had to move again. <laughs> but It's the part I enjoy, meeting interesting people and getting energy from them. And you're so right, applying all those bits you've learned before to the next posting is really handy. And sometimes that can be business networking, but sometimes it's just making pals, you know, going to the coffee morning and it's so like networking. I can't tell people how amazing military partners are because basically if you've rocked a coffee morning, business networking is easy. If you could go (laughs) into a room of people you've never met before and just, you know, get chatting to them. Business networking is going to be your thing. They're so similar and that's the way to do it. It's like reinventing yourself every different posting. And you can kind of pretend to be somebody else for a little bit before they realise <laughs> the reality. I love it. Now, I want to talk about your lovely book, which is out. It's been out since last November. You talk about how it takes the most difficult times and twists them so that you can actually thrive through them. 
which sounds amazing, but also a little bit doubtful because, you know, times are tough, but it's nice to think positive. You've had some tough times after redundancy. How did you turn that into this ability to thrive? Yeah, such a good thing that you've just said there as well, because again, I'm not that person that's just positive, you know, see all these kind of positive vibes. I'm not that. I completely, fully embrace struggle. I understand how hard it is. What I think I've learned, a little bit like what you just said there around taking your learnings each time. And again, you can draw on that from your past. You've survived being out of work for a couple of months one time. You can do it again. Okay, how did I get through this? What happened? What did I do to make myself okay? So I think one of the things is about learning and growing all the time. Whether you are thriving, I mean, everyone just thinks that that means you've started an overnight business or you're suddenly a millionaire overnight. You know, that's not it. Thrive to me is that you're just in a growing space all the time. So even on the days where you're just having a most miserable day, you feel so fed up, nothing's going right, which I've had a couple of them. This year has not been great at all. So I've been learning, relearning all of my stuff and being in this growth space again. Every time you get a rejection for a pitch, every time you get a, a no from a client, you're like, oh God, it's about growing. Thrive to me is like, okay, I've been in this space before and I survived, funnily enough. I got up the next day. That was all right. How can I be okay today? What can I do to look after myself? What's going on around me? We've got one daughter. How is my daughter? Should I just put some focus on her today? Should I just take a little bit of pressure off myself? That to me is the definition of thriving. So I think one of the messages around what I write about is owning what thrive and success looks like in your own way, but knowing that you own it. I mean, when we were in Thorny Island, it was such a great community. I think we were just so lucky. Everybody was really lovely. Everybody was really supportive of each other. One thing I realized was we were all very different people, but yet we had this connection of just very supportive. And one person would be like, yeah, I'm just loving this life where I don't have to work. And to me, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have even understood that. I'd be like, oh my God, surely not. I mean, everybody needs to get, and just talking to her about, how much she just embraced it helps you then go, God, you know what? There's a story for everyone. Just be in the place you're in and enjoy it. Don't apologize for it. And if you're not happy with it, what can you do to change that? I think there's kind of a message there around owning your story, owning what success is to you. It's not about high flying career all the time. It sometimes is, God, I can just get up and go to the beach today, which is what Thorny Island was, you know. That was what it was for me. My God, how lucky am I? I've got a beach behind my house. That's crazy. I should be getting up joyful every day. (laughs) So yeah, that's sort of what it's about to me. I really like that. And I love just going to touch on the fact that military life, because I mean, we have nothing in common apart from our partners seem to work for the queen. That's vaguely it. They don't even do the same job. It's it's a mystery. But I love <laughs> the fact that we can end up meeting people from all over the country, all over the world yeah. and having these conversations. Because if I'd stayed in the corporate world, I would just be surrounded by the same people. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Your book, it's written, it's had huge success. What is the feedback being like from people? Yeah, it was a bit of a funny moment because I wrote it four years ago and then obviously the pandemic hit and the launch date had already been set for the 5th of November 2020. And Penguin, who were the publishers, were like, yeah, you know, still going to go with it. But that time, everybody was losing their job. Redundancies were everywhere. Obviously, the title, Why Losing Your Job, could be the best thing there. Happy to you. 
they suddenly started thinking, oh my God, is this really inappropriate? But I'm going to be on really honest here. The one thing that I wasn't bothered about was any of that. And I had a couple of people saying, oh, that's sort of middle class luxury. You know, when you lose your job and you think it's a great thing, it's a very middle class privilege. I don't actually believe that. And I've met so many people that it's not about class at all. You know, that's irrelevant. It's about your attitude. You can be in any situation at all. You could be the richest, the poorest, whatever background. It's what you get up and decide you're going to do and the energy you put into it that makes the difference. So when the book came out, that's all I wanted to talk about. Own what you're going to do with what's happened to you. Don't let it consume you. You know, you can choose your response. Anybody can choose their response to anything that happens to them. Look around us, read magazines. Every day we're getting messages about this awful thing happened to someone and look how they responded. So, yeah, that's kind of how I approached it. But, yeah, it was a kind of weird moment in time of putting this book out right in the middle where people are losing their job and saying, hey, it's going to be a great thing. Very awkward. But I think my message was more about hope. It was more about, you know, keep going, don't lose everything that you think you've got. You've still got amazing things to give and you might be able to, you know, make something even better out of it. So, yeah, it's been good. And media coverage has been amazing. I've absolutely loved it. Coming on podcasts like this and chatting to, as you said, you know, getting to chat to interesting people. You can't not enjoy it. So I've loved it. And the book's been doing all right. To be honest, it didn't hit the target I wanted, but I always set myself ridiculous targets. I'm still going for it. I'm still promoting at every opportunity. But again, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it didn't do as well as I thought, but I'm grateful for everything and all the lovely messages that I get from people who've read it and said they've changed something about how they're approaching their job loss. Which is all that matters. I often think this with the podcast and the Millspay Network, that actually there could be millions of military partners that come and join the network, but just to make a difference to one person. Yeah. That's the point of life, isn't it? Just to make a little bit of difference. So actually, I think it's fab and that you've had that feedback is brilliant. Where can we find your book? Yeah, it's everywhere now, I think. Although I've been a bit like, remember that advert, J.R. Hartley, when he was ringing around all the bookshops asking for a book about fly fishing or something and he was the author I've been a bit like that I'll be trying to get my book into bookshops <laughs> so if you see it in a bookshop that's amazing but obviously yeah it's on Amazon and it's on Waterstones and it's any of the online places brilliant and I'll share the links and don't worry when I was in publishing I used to go to bookshops and just put my books to the front <laughs> Can I ask you about that? Yeah, I see what you were doing. I was like, yeah, what if you got tips on how do you get those books in the bookshop window? That's my goal. No, I sold my soul to Disney. So I very much (laughs) was designing for them and they did all the hard work. But I did used to pop in to Waterstones or the works seemed to take a lot and just moved into the top. It was terrible, honestly. You've got to take pride in your work. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to do what you've got to do. I have been very tempted sometimes just to take a copy of my book into a bookshop, slide it on the shelf, see what happens. Do (laughs) that. You confuse the bookshop owner completely. Like, what is this book? That's the fun of being an author. It's not that straightforward, as you know. You know, you've got to embrace it. (laughs) Why not? Life is too short not to have fun. (laughs) And publishing is a crazy industry. So definitely, yeah, do it. Write a little note in it. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> let's do that it's like that urban knitting people used to do oh yeah 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 we leave little messages around yeah I might do that anyway sorry if we've got a little bit distracted there so we're kind of reaching the end but I want to talk about your business again if anybody's interested to find out how you could help them where can we find your business yeah so another door 
And I came from the cliche of when one door closes, another door opens, which was not what I wanted to hear when I lost my job. But I actually embraced it and thought, yes, you know, let's try and make this opportunity. So it's anotherdoor.co.uk. And it is all about that. It is trying to embrace opportunity, but not just push away emotions and feelings that you might have, like what we talked about. So it's important to, you know, not just get positive. It is important to address how you're feeling because that creates good foundations. So that's what Another Door does. We're about exploring, getting things wrong, trying stuff, guiding you through all sorts of ideas you might have. So uh, yeah, anotherdoor.co.uk. I'd love to talk to anybody who's interested. And that probably works really well with anybody that's chosen to leave their job because of posting. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. We get a lot of people as well who's in jobs still, but don't want to be. So actually say, well, I haven't lost my job, but I'd quite like to lose my job. (laughs) So we do get a lot of people now who want to create change and just not sure where to start. So anyone who just thinks I'm just lost, I just feel lost. I'm looking at a blank page. I don't know what to do next. We're here for them. Perfect. So before we finish, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I just want to say again, thanks, Jess, for your work, because I do think it's important and it is underestimated, isn't it? You know, the military life, as you talk about in your podcast, it's some of those things that we get told, well, you chose this, shut up, stop moaning about it, do the best with it (laughs) where you can. But it is hard. It's not to be underestimated. Like my husband's away at the moment. He's been away all through lockdown. He's away for another year. So there's just me and my daughter. And so it's effectively a single parent family. So networks like what you're doing are important. So actually, I'd like to just say thank you, Jess, for what you're doing. Very much admire it. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, fab. Thank you. I always said this is always my last question on the podcast. And people always go, you're amazing. And I'm like, that's not why I asked (laughs) It's like I've set everybody up. I promise that I haven't. No, I'm just one of those. My husband and my dad would probably say stubborn, maybe a little bit pig-headed people that see something that needs doing and gets it done. And that's why I interview people like you, because you see a thing that needs to change and you go off and do it. And I think that more people need to hear about these stories it's been brilliant talking to you and hearing how you have turned a little bit of adversity into something so positive so it's brilliant and thank you so much thanks jess another huge thank you to the lovely eleanor what a positive episode to be able to share with you i really hope you found it as inspirational as i did so that is it from me for this week and of course as usual I will be back next Friday with another epic episode so I shall see you then